This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in a digital world, we need verifiable documents. All right, joining me now on the podcast is Josh Lupresto. He's the Vice President of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. Josh, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast today, man. Thanks, Tyler. Excited to be here. So we've seen some high-profile and some less high-profile companies dealing with security breaches in the last several years. Uh, some examples that just come readily to mind, for me anyways, is Warby Parker kind of being on the smaller end of things. I got an email from them a few weeks back saying that, hey, you might need to change your password. And then uh, a higher-profile case was Marriott recently uh, with hotel guest data being uh, stolen off of their uh, off of their sites and that sort of thing. So, what exactly is driving this trend these days? You know, it's interesting. I think the trends now are different that are driving these. You know, before it used to just be out of fun to to just sheerly see if they could do it, right? And now, what you're seeing is folks are figuring out that you know organizations have really struggled to secure and and the things that they have the obligation to secure and that data that's at the center of everything they know there's a way to get to it and they know that it means something and they know they can monetize it i mean this is kind of the first time you're really ever seeing dark web entities uh, that are out there for profit reaching points of a billion dollars in profit purely off of mining that um, and taking that data, that patient information, that personal information. So now it's um, now we're really just doing it from a profit perspective on their end. So as we talk about this security, this world of security, where does Tolaris kind of fit into the overall marketplace, and how are you helping provide security solutions? Yeah, so Tolaris overall, we're a we're a master agent, and so really what that means is is we're a large technology distributor, and so we have a network of independent partners out there. We don't have a direct sales force of our own. And so we rely on those partners that have the relationships with the customers that are trying to solve problems. And so Tolaris comes into the mix where we have the relationship with all of the providers under the sun that a customer could likely go look at and try to figure out who the best fits are on their own. And so the value there is that our partners have an established relationship in these accounts or trying to establish relationships in those accounts. And these customers have some sort of technology initiative or problem that might be cloud, that might be security, that might be network, you know, who knows what the initiative is at, at the specific time, but you know, specifically as it pertains to security, um, we have a vast array of providers all in certain niches and skill sets. And we come in, we couple our relationships with those providers and our expertise with the partners that have their relationships with the customers and really try to bridge that and, and try, to, try to solve the solution in whatever layer it is in security. Uh, that they specifically have an issue in, we try to come in and, and, and fix that issue and, and find a solution for it with one of our providers. Hearing that explanation just raises immediately so many different questions for me, but I think that the first one, and maybe the most pressing, is that this feels like an area where you can basically never stop learning because every day there's something new that emerges, either a new product on the market, you know, new provider, or uh, new problems raised by you know different people trying to you know obtain different data. So how do you prioritize education throughout Tolaris? Oh, it's a it's a great question. Uh, you know, we uh, across the team that is huge. We we are big in investing and in training and teaching. You know, not just across my team, but across all the teams. And and really to your point, to stay in front of this as the technology curve just evolves and evolves. Um, you know, and Moore's law just changes every 18 months. Um, we spend a great mix 
you know, not only training and certifying across industry standard certifications, things like AWS Solution Architect, CCNA, all, all these different Cisco certs, but being certified and trained across our providers as well, because, you know, we have the relationship with these providers and we're ultimately recommending these providers when they're the fit. Um, we have to know their solution in and out because not only when we make a recommendation to a customer, to an IT leader, to a CIO, this is the right provider for the issue that you have now, uh, according to everything that, that we've learned so far. When they follow up and they ask with a why, we have to be able to back that up on a technical level. And we really do start to get into the bits and bytes. And so if we're not able to stay trained and stay relevant on all these providers' information, especially as they make acquisitions or just their underlying technology evolves and they invest, then we're not going to be able to make that recommendation to the customer and back that up with some founded knowledge on why. So we spend a lot of time training and teaching internally. And I'm guessing that on some level, no two solutions really look the same uh, because you know I'm sure for your partners, different customers have different needs. And so with each, uh, with each interaction with a partner, they all look slightly different. Am I right about that? You really, you are. Uh, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, so often we just, we have to ask the question, tell me what you're really trying to do here, right? Because um, sometimes by the time the information gets relayed to us, you know, that customer might've had a different vision. And so we love to get on these discussions on our partner's behalf and really just help them, right? And, and be agnostic. And, you know, we're white labelable in that fashion to make that process easier. And just if we can get in and our team can really get in and understand, Mr. Customer, you know, what are you trying to do? What, what's the end goal here? What's the desired business outcome? That really is different every time. I mean, you know, you'll have a few here and there that that overlap. You know, everybody has the end goal. How do we make money? How do we become more efficient? Um, how do we improve our aging technology? But sometimes how we get there, the journey for each of those is different and the timeline is different. So you, you learn a lot just every day in this. It's a very dynamic environment. And you know, security can be something uh, that, that's so important in business today, but it's often not uh, the easiest conversation to have. So how are you providing tools that also make these conversations easier for your partners? Yeah, uh, you know, internally, we have some great matrices that we've created. You know, we have a, a good subset of providers, and we have figured out what all of those providers have have focuses on. And so we've, we've got some internal tools that really help our partners in the back office start to rule that out and start to figure out who might be a fit so that they can start to make some preliminary recommendations to their customers. And then really what it comes back to is it, it comes time for a conversation, whether that be an on-site conversation or that be a remote conversation where our team gets involved. And from there, we're, we're leveraging our internal expertise of, of just figuring out who is the right fit based on the actual need for this. And so some of that is uh, just tribal knowledge, right? That, that we, we try mm -hmm. to share it as much as we can internally on the team to, to figure out who really is the best fit given every scenario is so different. So when a partner comes to you and says, hey, these, you know, I'm trying to solve these particular issues um, you know, for a customer, what does that conversation look like with you guys maybe from beginning to end? And how do you walk through that process you know, at each step along the way? Yeah, so you know, initially it starts with that partner identifying some sort of opportunity, and that might be that they know a, a ton of information about exactly what this customer is trying to do, and that's super helpful in us so that we can walk right into that discovery call and just, just start making some recommendations and just just be a you know just confirm a couple things that that you know here's what we've heard is this accurate, and a lot of the times that is, and you know, and then on the flip side of that. 
we have partners that have said, hey, you know, you, you've told me that I need to focus on this area or that area on cloud or on security. Um, I, I've got a customer that has some initiatives coming up. I, I don't totally understand what they are, um, but I would love to bring you in and they're open to having us uh, really come in and, and, and deep dive and figure that out, right? To find out if there way, is there really a way that we can help? And so it starts there. It starts with them identifying that there is a need and then some sort of call, some sort of interaction happens. And when we get on that and have that discussion and figure out, okay, you know, out of that, um, I think the next step is for us to probably sit down with this provider and that provider. And we'll take that information on that, that customer's behalf and really relay that and figure out, you know, what person from that provider, what channel manager or engineer from that provider is going to get assigned. We take that information, we relay that and, and have a discussion with those respective providers so that that way we're really adding value to the partners, we're adding value to the customer so that this customer doesn't have to repeat this and have this deep dive conversation, another hour meeting, another hour meeting. They're just having that once with somebody that's unbiased and agnostic that they can really share this with. And then we're taking that and we're pairing that up with a provider or two or three um, that makes sense. And so by that time, then when we're ready for that customer to get on a call, we come back to that customer and say, hey, you know what? Uh, we, we took everything that you had, everything that we, we went and we did it on, throw it up on the whiteboard and said, um, you know, these are the two providers that make sense. We've relayed all that information to them. And we think they'd be a great fit for you to really dive deeper into their solution and, and, and let them tell you why they're a good fit for it. Because we think there are, right? But we want you to see why. And so at that point, then they, they have a discussion with those providers. And sometimes they have enough information or, or one provider may outshine the other. or They may realize, oh, you know, there's a, there's a showstopper here. And they make a decision or they may come back to us and say, hey, you, you showed us a couple really great providers. Um, here's what we learned from that discussion. Can you help us have one, you know, uh, we'll call it a, a just a, a, a unbiased call of who's really the best fit given everything that we've seen so far. And then we help them make a decision. Now, um, our, our role doesn't always stop there and our partner's role doesn't always stop there either. Um, it's not, hey, great, you signed the contract, see you later. You know, this is a, this is a relationship business. And not only do we want to help continue to have that relationship, but that partner absolutely wants to keep that established relationship in there with that, um, with that customer. So, we have some partners that stay very involved, that are there for every project management call, every kickoff call, every migration, every port, um, you know, just keeping that and maintaining that relationship. And that in turn means we've had partners that have had relationships for 20 plus years. And so that that customer really starts to earn on and, and, and lean and trust that that partner is somebody that is their advocate, that is really working on their behalf and knows that, wow, that if I look at that experience that I had with that, that you know, when they brought that Tolaris engineer in, this this really transacted into a great experience to a solution that solved my problems, made my life, and made my business more efficient, um, and just really helped out. So it's a it's a building process, and and it sometimes it just starts different in every every cycle with the customers, but um, ultimately we get the experience to, if we did our job right, to come in again and again and again later on for different solutions. Absolutely, and and you you guys love being a resource and a, and a help for your partners. Um, so when they come to you with with questions or or concerns or things along those lines, what are, what are some of the most common uh, that that they're coming to you with these days? You know, I would say the most common question that we get asked is who's the best fit for this. And so, uh, you know, sometimes there's enough information in that request for us for us to just 
oh, okay, you know, that's a that's a fit for this provider and that provider. Oh, you needed unified communications. You needed integration into Salesforce. Um, you have global presence. You have users dialing in all over. Okay, that's that's a fit for X, Y, and Z. And then sometimes it's just a, uh, you know, who do you think is the best fit for this? And we have to we have to spot the engineering answer that that we always cringe and and worry about saying, but uh, we might need to have a discussion. Or can you give me a little more info? And sometimes they can mm-hmm. they can articulate a little more info. And then sometimes we just need to get on a call. Um, and ultimately, I think when a customer feels our approach and doesn't feel that they're getting forced into a product or into a solution, that guard goes down a little bit and it creates a really good experience. And ultimately, um, you know, we have partners that haven't experienced um, having a discussion with engineering and, and, and pulling us into customer conversations. And I think it's once they do that, they we kind of get that that light that goes off and goes, oh, my gosh, you know, why? Why have I not used these guys before? These guys were great. This 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 team is awesome. I, I got to pull you into this deal and that deal. I, I didn't know we could do that. So it always sparks um, it sparks a great next step. And what innovations do you really see coming down the road that then will have an impact on this particular industry that uh, maybe you're already thinking of as, okay, we got to start learning about this now and uh, begin educating and that sort of thing. What, what do you see in the future? You know, if we look at right now, the way that um, companies are making acquisitions, companies are dumping money back into investments, there's a lot of product changes going on out there. And there's also a lot of noise in the environment, out in the industry. And so we we spend a good amount of time talking about things like unified communications, talking about cloud contact center, talking about SD-WAN, talking about security and IoT and mobility, because there are so many involvements uh, in that uh, from a technology perspective. And so, you know, just, just picking on an example of, of security, you know, some of the breaches that you mentioned, right? Large companies that you'd think, oh my gosh, these, this company has to have a massive security team. However, you know, how, how could they possibly ever need anything? Um, you know, if I, if I'm a partner, right. And, and what we always tell our partners is, you know, the companies that you'd think would have these large, large security teams, ultimately had some gap that could have been filled. So don't be discouraged by a large company just in the same way that you shouldn't be discouraged by working with a small company. Because if a company has critical data and they have an obligation to secure that data, obviously, to their end customers, then there's a gap and they are a target just like anybody else is out there. Right? If they have an IP address, if they're on the public internet, if they're using email, all these basic requirements, then you need to have a security discussion with them. Now, obviously, as you start in a small business and work your way up to large enterprise, the providers and the product sets and the and the budget amounts change. But I think we do a good job of understanding where our vendors fit in that and understanding what a small business cares about versus what a large business cares about. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit and say that uh, norm- before you know, we do interviews like this, and you know, you and I have this conversation. I, you know, I like to look up, you know, your LinkedIn page and see kind of what you've done in the past and that sort of thing. And I saw that you wrote a really interesting uh, little blog post about meeting Steve Wozniak, and I wanted to ask you about that, just what that process was like. And it seemed like you really took some uh, some important knowledge away from that meeting with him. And I wondered if you could just share a little bit about that uh, experience and what you learned. Yeah, you know, I. Um... I always love to be pick people's brains in that situation, right? And and you know he had a he had a great talk at one of our events that I was at, and just being in the room with 
the amount of brilliance like that. Oh, that had to be incredible. It, it really was. And I like to get inspired out of those things, right? I just, you know, you look at folks like Steve, the, the Steves, right, that, that, that started what Apple was. And you just think, look, these guys, at the end of the day, they're just like you and I, right? They put their pants on one leg at a time and they manage their time just like you and I have to figure out how to manage. And so... I, I like to look at and just kind of get inspired by these guys were very complimentary to each other. You know, a, a lot of people will say, look, Apple, Apple wouldn't have been what it was without one or the other. You want to give Waz a lot of credit. You want to give Jobs a lot of credit. They both were very beneficial and a good balancing act to, to getting that thing um, started out. And so I, you know, just being able to be in the same room as somebody like that, telling you about the conversations that, that he and Jobs had, you know, sitting in their garage as they started this thing, trying to figure it all out and what they were trying to do just just inspires you to go, you know what, we, we can do better. We can step our game up. You know, these we we aspire to be great things. And there's absolutely no reason that we can't get there. We just have to believe that we can do it, surround ourselves with great people, just continue to grow, continue to educate, continue to learn from those around us. And there's no reason that we can't be right where they were. I absolutely agree, and uh, I mean that's that that has to be one of those incredible stories, right? Like the the equivalent of meeting, you know, uh, Michael Jordan if you're a basketball fan, or you know so, something like that. Uh, I, I bet that that's uh, just really inspiring and really awesome. Uh, that is Josh Lupresto, Vice President of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. Josh, thank you so much for joining me today, man. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler.